I get the sense that there's a lot of tech fans hovering over the panic button, at least before they play oh, that's oh, that we, panic button has been are. smashed. <laughs> but I was obliterating I mean, that panic button Matt, last Matt, week Matt. on the podcast. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, stop clipping. Calm down. Watch the volume there, okay? But, no, the, this is what Michigan Tech fans do. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 13 of season 5 of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Shalom. (laughs) This week, as we prepare for Bemidji State, we reached out to Jared Rabato from the Bemidji Pioneer. Thanks for joining us, Jared. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, so this week we'll talk about Michigan Tech finally getting on the uh, winning side of the tally against Augustana, um, how Bemidji season's been going from what Jared can tell us and talk more about the state of the CCHA. Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, that's about it. It's season time. It's actually hockey stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do the thank you notes, plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Jared Rubedo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E Dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech dot net. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Jared, how has Bemidji State season been going so far? Well, uh, if you would have asked me a week ago, I think I would have had a much, uh, much different answer. But um, you were kind of at that quarter way point of the year, and I think there are more unknowns than Tom territory would, you know, care to admit, or even if he would admit would like to have. And, um, you know, getting a sweep over St. Thomas a couple weekends ago was huge. Then you go on the road to Lake state and get swept. It's just a lot of, it feels like there's a lot of feeling out right now. And, um, 
and that's not really what you want when you go into a, a big home series against Michigan Tech, but obviously they don't have a choice. So. <laughs> So what's going on with the the goaltending situation? I've seen a lot of chat with that on Discord uh, that it's it's not probably playing out the way uh, uh, Saratori was hoping. No, Scholl got hurt. Matias Scholl got hurt um, in with about a minute left in the first in the second period against St. Thomas on Friday night. It was a weird shot. It came from either right outside the blue line or at the blue line. Honestly, almost like a dump in and. He extended out with his left leg and then he put his head on the ice and immediately in my head, I was like, that's a groin. It, it, he, it took him a while to get up. He finished out the rest of the period and he did make one more save. But even then, I mean, he was struggling to make that step off the ice from, you know, just to step onto, onto the rubber and walk off the ice. Uh, Gavin Enright came in, he ended up making 40 saves and let up only one goal for the rest of the weekend, um, over four periods. And that was huge. I mean, he was, you could probably point to him as the reason why they swept St. Thomas. I bet they had a ton of confidence going to him against Lake state. It it was tough. He gave up, uh, six goals in each of the first periods. Uh, Friday night wasn't necessarily on him. Saturday night was probably a little bit more on him. He gave up three goals and four shots. They turned to Ray or uh, Rathan Robbins, who was a freshman out of Alaska. He did a fine job, but when you're down three, three to one, you need, you need to push for a goal. And 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 they pulled him with about ten minutes left in the third, and and from there is over. Down four to one. Sorry, they were looking for three goals there. So, um, I don't have an update on Shoal. I, I wish I did. If uh, media days tomorrow with Saratori. Um, He's probably not going to say anything willingly about him, and I probably don't expect to get any more <laughs> from Tom because that's just the way that he rolls. But, um, you know, it, it didn't look good. And and I don't know how long that's out. Groin can be anywhere from a few days to a few weeks to a few months, depending on it. Um, but I think, I think goaltending is a little bit more of a question now than it was last week after how Gavin Enright played. But... Um, I think they'll still if 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 Scholl's still out, I think they have to turn to him at least on Friday night again because of how well he's played at home. Yeah, that's got to be a tough spot when you have a guy that's clearly the number one um, and they go down. I know Michigan Tech's got a little better coverage, I think, because we 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 look at our goal goaltending situation as a one a one B this year uh, and maybe even last year. It's just that uh, Blake took the reins and and didn't give Max a whole lot of openings. Um, But yeah, it's gotta be tough when, when you're so dependent on a top goalie like that to, to lose them. Even if Enright came in and did well, it's, it's a tough spot to, to expect him to keep up. And then obviously Lake States kind of been probably the surprise of the CCHA so far. Kind of putting that uh, um, all the, all the quote unquote disrespect from the preseason polls and on, on their back and, and trying to show everybody that they, they aren't uh, going to be walked over this year. And, and, and honestly, that's good for the league um, to have that and not have this, you know, bottom feeder perception, even if, you know, what I think Northern is in the six or in the low fifties or sixties for pairwise. Not that that means a whole lot yet, mm-hmm. but we're getting close to it. It meaning something. So. Yeah. To, kind of piggyback off Lake State there for a sec. You know, uh, th- obviously, you know, when you f- when you're picked to finish last in a conference, you're going to you're going to get some sort of motivation out of it. Every team should anyway. It, 
be more of a concern if you didn't get motivation out of that, if everybody picked you to finish last. The thing that's kind of stood out to me with Lake State over these past few weekends is they have the scoring to give Ethan Langenegger a more serviceable chance to steal games. It's not like he's going out there and being fed to the wolves and saying, go get us 40 saves and we're going to try and win every game one, nothing. Lake State has some guys. They have guys that can score. And if you can get three goals and you on a on a night in Sault Ste. Marie, then you have a chance to win every single one of those games because of how good your goalie is. And with uh, Langenegger playing the way that he is, and he got the CCHA goalie the week this week, but I think he was probably even deserving of it a week earlier. I mean, just just he is one of the best goalies in this league. He's going to play 90% of games. And when you have that kind of home ice advantage that it seems like Lake State has right now, it's hard not to be playing with a ton of confidence. It's certainly been a surprise. I mean, no one saw him being there. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's obviously still early, but who would have guessed uh, Lake Superior State sitting third in the league right now? In, well, in league play anyway, and, and Tech and Minnesota State are the two bottom feeders. Well, because <laughs> they haven't played. We haven't got no league points <laughs> yeah. for grabs we, yet. Though. We have zero we for zero, man. Hey, now, <laughs> Augustana. Is well, I mean, kind of like a league game. No, that's well, a then we wouldn't oh, be then we wouldn't be in last place if if they counted. We'd yeah. have five points. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think anybody would have. I mean, Lake State's only played two conference games, and they're ahead of Northern, who has played four. So yeah, it's it is surprising. Uh, I'm pretty sure Lake State is the highest team in pairwise outside of Augustana of the of the eight that are in the actual conference this year. So that is a big surprise. I mean, how awesome would it be if Augustana gets themselves in without uh, being a full member? Cause they're eligible there. It's not like uh, the Tommies, right? They mm-hmm. are actually eligible to play if, yep. if their pairwise is high enough. And this, this came up on discord. So I might as well put it on the podcast. Um, so the distinction for those, that those of you listening that might be confused, Augustana was an existing D2 institution that chose to add hockey. And because hockey is not sponsored at the D2 level, they are immediately eligible for a D1 championship if they qualify. Whereas St. Thomas was a D3 school, and and there's rules that have been put in place that basically prevent D3 schools uh, and even D2 schools in sports that sponsor D2 from moving up quickly just to chase division one basketball shares of money so that's why uh the hockey team and all the saint thomas athletic teams are not eligible for a period of time to make sure that uh, to basically prevent other schools from just deciding like like if the gleac suddenly decided tomorrow they all wanted to be d1 and just go up as the gleac they wouldn't automatically get an auto bid and automatically get a share of the division 1 basketball pie and that's what they're trying to prevent and that's why St. Thomas has this uh probationary period and it actually got i believe because they went straight from d3 to d1 the probationary period is shorter than it would have been but they were unable to get it to nothing trying to claim that their hand was forced because the MIAC decided that they were too good for them and kicked them out. Um, so it's it's uh, it's an interesting spot, but that's the distinction that Augustana 
already had a division two athletic department and just added a sport. So they're immediately eligible. Same happened with Penn state when they added the team. And uh, I guess I don't know about the other institutions that have recently added hockey, but I assume they would all be eligible. They just haven't been nearly good enough because they already were. Well, Lindenwood was a NAIA school, wasn't, weren't they? I think something like that. I think before they switched to NCA. So yeah. I'll research that on the fly, but we'll go with that as accurate information for now. Yeah. And I did also learn that the reason that Lindenwood is hosting a regional in their own barn is because when they bid on it, they didn't have a D1 team. Huh? That's Weird. why that was allowed. That's Weird a little interesting caveat. little thing that'll happen. Yeah. I didn't Should Tech play the at the case. D for a season just to bid the Mac? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't jokes, think that would work because I'm pretty jokes, sure. Jokes, yeah. I'm no, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I thought I heard that like even Duluth can't bid with uh, the deck, even though they haven't played there in how long. Uh, but isn't because that it, because it's attached? I don't think it's because it's attached. I think it's because it was their home arena. Like it actually was. It wasn't a temporary home. Like, uh, like I'm pretty sure St. Thomas or uh, not St. Thomas. I'm pretty sure Augustana will be able to bid for um wherever they're playing right now because it's a temporary home till their actual home is built i don't know if they will actually be doing the bidding or if uno or north dakota will continue to or what but uh, i would guess that they would be yeah i would that guess local, in the future the local arena is going to want to work with augustana instead of the other two i would think i would think so um yeah so you know that will still be a possibility which is good um yeah. So, what else is going on with Bemidji State? Leighton Road is is kicking butt. He hasn't missed a step at all this year, has he? No, he's he got better. I mean, obviously <laughs> he got better, but um, you know, being a point per game player last year, almost to it, and then now being a goal per game player or almost to it this year is, um, yeah, he's he's unbelievable, and it's. I think I think one thing I saw this weekend because he played on two different lines. They shifted up lines after Friday, and he he has this way of playing that I just think elevates the players around him to another level. Um, and you know, you you look you look at a guy number fourteen, uh, Liam Engstrom. He's he's a freshman, and if you watch that exhibition against the the Gophers, he was the one that threw the hit on Mason Nevers. Um, so if you wanted a point of reference there, but uh, he. You know, he he's a kid that's trying to kind of find his footing a little bit. You see the offensive flash. You see that maybe he struggles with the physicality of CCHA play a little bit. But when he plays with Leighton Road, I think things open up for him a little bit more. And, you know, you can say the same thing about a kid like Eric Martin, who's he, you know, he's not a freshman. He's, you know, he's he's one of the vets on the team. But when he's on the ice with Leighton Road, his chances get a little bit more. So I think the common denominator there is common denominator there is Leighton Road. And uh, you know, like I've mentioned before, too, he's he's also on the penalty kill, which I think is one of the more you know crazy things about him is that he he can score at a high rate, but he also will spend four to five minutes a night killing penalties. And when you're eating up 25 percent of your ice time in your defensive zone, just trying to clear the puck. I mean, I think that makes it even a little bit more impressive of how how much he can score and and, and just that offensive sense that he has. So. So yeah, to put it to put it briefly, he's kicking butt. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have any shorties yet this year if he's spending that much time on the PK as well? No. The funny thing is, is that he can't score on a breakaway. 
Uh, <laughs> when you think a skilled player like that would be like ready to shine, yeah, right. And it's it's so funny to me because I if I just off the top I don't have this written down or anything. Off the top of my head, I can remember four Leighton Road breakaways, and he hasn't scored on any of them. Uh, one of them. So he's not the first game. one out in the shootout. Is what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's. <laughs> I've, I've been told he was money on breakaways last year, and um, one of his breakaways, he hit the post, and it would have beaten UMD because it was with five seconds left in a tie game. Um, but he, he, he just can't buy one on a breakaway right now. And two of them, like you said, have been shorthanded. So, um, but no, he's. I guess that is where some of his chances are coming here on the penalty kill. So, yeah, I didn't realize that uh, <laughs> that he was that bad on him this year. <laughs> it's it's a it's it's becoming a theme, which is I think giving BSU fans a little bit more angst than they'd like to admit. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> There's nothing more frustrating than watching your you know star player go down the ice and not score. <laughs> right, especially when you know you're kind of used to that being a free goal at that point, but. Right, like there, but I mean, I I think one thing about Leighton Road that is really stuck out is he's finding more ways to be versatile in the offensive zone, and you'll see that with his zone rushes. It's sometimes he just takes the puck and he'll he'll stay on the far side of the boards and then pick a short side corner. But what against St. Thomas, he he added a move where he crossed a defender, crossed into the slot, and then still beat him on the short side mm-hmm. with the goalie moving from his left to his right. You know, that's a that's a play that a kid who's been playing five years of college hockey makes, not a kid who's played one year in, in a handful of games. But that just shows, I think, how a, how ahead of the curve he is sometimes in, in the things that he does. And, um, you know, he, he really is the driving force behind a lot of Bemidji State's offense right now. Well, it's not like you guys haven't had some – you know, decent scoring games, you've, you've lost games with three, four goals in the losses, right? So the offense seems to be there. The defense just seems to be there less. It seems, you know, yeah, quick. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, St. Thomas, the St. Thomas series was definitely more of a defensive series. I mean, Bemidji State wanted to be very physical. I, I think St. Thomas is a team that plays with a ton of skill and a ton of speed and they, they can play a little bit more of a structured defensive game, but you look at how they played against Minnesota and and St. Cloud. And when they're putting up four or five goals against them, I think that shows you how much speed and skill St. Thomas has. And Bemidji state tried to take that right away. They played very physical, eliminated time and space, and they were going to make them earn everything they got. But against Duluth, I mean, that was more of a, okay, we're going to try and play a little bit of your style here. We're going to try and play that that big rush game. And and Duluth brings a lot of that physicality too. Um, and then Lake State, I think a lot of their defensive identity kind of got lost a little bit. Maybe it just lo- you lose that on a 10-hour bus ride to the Sioux. But um, that's that was what stuck out. And um, you, to kind of piggyback off one point you just made, defensively – I think they have some problems, but a lot of them are limited to just the first period. Um, they gave up four or three in the first period against Duluth and in both games against uh, against Lake State. That's that's a cause for concern is that they don't show up to games when the game starts. They wait until they're down right now to kick it into gear because in the in the second and third periods against Lake State, they were – easily the better team. I mean, out chancing, out shotting, uh, out attempting. 
everything. They 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 hold the zone for a minute and and cycle the puck and keep them on, you know, keep their keep teams on from from getting a change and drawing penalties with their offensive zone pressure. But they just can't buy a goal, you know. So I I think there's part of it is just they're trying to put it all together and it's just not working right now. But you know, I think when you look at how Michigan Tech probably played in the first handful of weeks, it was a lot of those similar problems. You know, you you get chances, you you put pucks on net, you do things the right way, and you're just not being rewarded for them. And then all of a sudden, you go out against Augustana, and you score however many goals. Yeah, you know, the the whiplash of Friday night's game. We'll get to that eventually. But wow, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you know, should have seen our Discord. It was the season is over. Throw everything, pitchforks to holy shit, we won a game. Yeah. I yeah. started the tech to the Frozen Four uh, agenda right yeah. away. It reminds me a lot of. Uh, Twins fans every year, Dustin, where they're oh my god, you win a game and you're going to be 162 and 0, and then you lose a game and you're going to be one and 161, <laughs> and that's the way the whole season goes. Like whatever that's, you did that's last, all, that's what's going to happen. But it doesn't just, matter. It doesn't matter to lose in the playoffs anyways. Even I, if they go 162 <laughs> and 0, that's just all of Minnesota fans. Yeah. By the way, that's not just Twins fans. I mean, I I'm that's a true. I'm Minnesota through and through, so I I, I live that. Yeah. I didn't realize, and I just pulled up the box scores while you were talking about mentioning how bad the first period was. I didn't realize it was three goals on four shots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. not good. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a tough one on Saturday, and they, yeah. I mean, they had chances. I mean, I I think with a different goalie in net for Lake State, they probably come back and win that game. Like they they dominated that second and third period for the most part, and you know they just they just couldn't get that complete defensive effort that I know that they were looking for, especially after putting that effort out in two games against St. Thomas, which I think is still a team that has much more speed and skill than, than Lake state. Yeah, for sure. I don't think anybody would argue, argue that too much. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, hopefully I we see the bad beavers this weekend. <laughs> I mean, what I'm looking forward to either way is submitting questions to the broadcast. Uh, <laughs> they are so fantastic that they're my that's one of my favorite parts about the series it is so like there's such they, good sports with that email box they take every question the misfits send in i don't know maybe you're probably at the rink so you don't watch the actual broadcast right jared no, no i don't they they will you know they do their little thing where they answer the questions that are sent into the mailbox right and okay. the tech fans will send in oh my God. just asinine stupid questions and they just go for it they answer every single one that pops in and it's it's absolutely fantastic <laughs> i'll have to keep an eye out for it. i usually sit right in front of the radio booth so maybe i can hear uh yeah you should definitely do that because it's always stuff like the the one that's has like lore on this podcast is uh <laughs> is is two if you put one lasagna atop another is that two lasagnas or one mega lasagna <laughs> we have to ask like everybody that and that yeah. that, that it started because uh somebody asked uh drawn a blank on his name we've had him on the podcast harrison no the bemidji guy oh yeah schultz uh, yeah schultzy yeah it was schultzy we had him on here and like he got that question and just answered it no problem. And then as soon as that happened, everyone was just like, oh man, if they're going to answer anything. <laughs> so that's I don't a, know that, I don't that's... know if he looks forward to or loathes when he plays tech because it happens every time. Well, I, I think what I think what he likes about it is like 
it gives him something to distract himself if the team is playing crappy, right? Like, like I can imagine Dirk would have loved those kind of questions in in the in his early years as the play by play guy to like break up <laughs> calling, you know, a five two loss where they gave up forty shots and Cam Ellsworth kept them in the game somehow. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised because Schultz is a he's a high school ref of like. 20 years and he doesn't really put up which with much uh bs <laughs> as much as maybe that's, some other people would that's the other thing but the impression that we got of schultz when he was on is he is just so like he's so fan oriented like the biggest yeah. thing about college hockey is like how organic it is and how like involved the fans are with their schools and he likes to play into it so i think he lets down his ref persona there. Because if I, I remember correctly when we did that, when we did our podcast with him, we had to push it back to a different day because he was refing a game. So, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. So, Jared, what are your feelings on the CCHA overall this year? Uh, I mean, I thought it was going to be unpredictable, which, <laughs> I mean, congrats on the easiest prediction of all time, I guess, to me. But, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, it's such a roller coaster. This is my first year covering the CCHA. Um, so it's just every weekend you think something's going to happen and then the exact opposite happens. It's just such a mixed bag. And um, teams find the weirdest motivations. Like I, I keep going back to Bob Daniels at Ferris for like being upset that people picked him to finish seventh. Like who in their right mind was picking Ferris to finish above the top two yet. Like they use Ferris as a team that finds that to use motivation. And I mean, it kind of works. They're, they're not totally inept and you, you go down the line and it's like, well, you know, one team picked St. Thomas to, to, you know, to win the league. And it's like, that was well, Joe. that was Joe, Joe. John because he couldn't pick himself. And like, yeah. Hey, it, he wasn't Joe, picking Northern. Joe right. might end up right. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, 
then you have the stuff with Bowling Green. That's the most unpredictable. That was the most unpredictable day I've had covering the CCHA. Is no, that was that was awkward to have to have that news drop like less than twenty four hours before our press day, and then have the team come out and be like, "We won't be talking about this." Yeah, that was. (laughs) What else? What else should we talk about then, Bowling Green? I mean, I, you know, that was. Yeah. A, a wild day so yeah i mean you know i think i think there's uh it's fun every week just because you never know what's going to happen and any team can walk into any building this year and it really feels like you can win but it'll be fun for me to see who finds a way to pull ahead of the pack and really starts to separate itself in the end and f- honestly i hope that happens with at least one team just because if you keep having this like you know, trail of everybody eats each other and you end up sitting there, you know, with no real standout, then it just feels like there's not really a good shot of being truly represented in an NCAA tournament. And that's, you know, that's no fun. No, this, this does remind me a lot of, um, well, Bemidji's championship year or even, um, the year that, uh, I think Ferris won the tournament where like there just wasn't that, standout that kick butt non-conference that uh that you can that you can point to that that that's like not having Mankato where they were really hurts this conference from that perspective but at the same time I've said it before like a lot of people said it was bad for the CCHA to lose Hastings and and have and what he brought to Minnesota State and to me like I get that perspective, but I I I really disagree with it because I think the outside perspective was it's Minnesota State and everybody else, so that doesn't really hurt the rest of the conference to like it. I think it hurts them from having that measuring stick that you got to play two to four times a year, but I don't think it hurts them because I don't think the rest of the conference was all that well received by the rest of the country as far as like. You know, just because you're going to like whoever wins this conference this year, I don't know how respected they will actually be in the in the tournament or any of that. And that and somebody could get in trouble underestimating whoever does end up winning this. But it's going to be really hard for this league to have uh, two teams in this year with the way their non-conference has gone. Especially when you have those weekends like in the non-conference part where every team loses or ties in except for St. Thomas against you know, I don't know, that was three weekends ago now. Like, those yeah. are the weekends that hurt the conference as a whole. But I agree with you. Uh, Hastings, yeah, th- there is that side of it where if you have that consistent measuring stick to to live up to, then you, the conference itself could get more of a, you know, a, a backing if, if there is a team that can match up consistently for a whole year with Minnesota State and Hastings gone. Now, it, it naturally gives it more parity, but at the same time, without that powerhouse, I think maybe it can kind of rejuvenate a lot of teams to say, hey, I mean, why not us? Why can't we be that, that team that just goes out there and wins it? I mean, you, we've seen it now in the up until this point that any team in this conference can beat anybody on any given day. And they can out, yeah. they can sweep anybody on any given day. And that's that's to me is what makes it, I mean, just more fun, but on a grander scale, you know, it is kind of cannibalizing in the way that these teams are just killing each other. Yeah. And, and the CCHA, like, yeah, that, I think that is one of the things that, uh, like, I think Joe said it 
when he's spoken and I think a couple other coaches I've heard have talked about it. We're like, yeah, you can't, if you take a night off, you're going to lose. It's it like, if you show up to play, like there's expectations of who is likely to win each game. But like, if, if you don't show up, any of these teams can put you in your place and <laughs> send you back to practice basically. Um, which is a good thing. I think that's, that is an improvement over maybe where it has been uh, at some point here, especially, you know, the last year or two of the, the WCHA. But um, I guess one other question I had for you, do, do you know how uh, Bemidji State ended up at the Cozy Corners and Barbo for for dinner one night when they were at, at Lake State? I actually do, and I, <laughs> I don't know if I should. Um, this was the conversation I overheard with uh, – with with Schultze um just at the media day stuff but he they had one restaurant they could go to in the Sioux and uh Tom called the the restaurant several times and I guess he never heard back so they ended up having to <laughs> outsource their 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 dinners to uh outside of Sault Ste. Marie that was the last I heard of it which I thought okay. was that is funny really funny but <laughs> I think uh yeah, some maybe some. Uh, I don't know if it was gamesmanship or if it was. I <laughs> think uh, a bus full of like forty people coming into your town would maybe be a good thing. But where did they end up actually eating at? The Cozy Corners Tavern and Grill in Barbo, Barbu, Michigan, down by Nebish Island. That's way down there. on the south side of Lake. Nicola, yeah, yeah, I, I know where Nebish is. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know how they say it there. I know Minnesota says it wrong, but I have no idea how that's actually pronounced. And I'll ask my mom. She grew up over on that side of the UP. <laughs> Maybe she knows. <laughs> I'd eat at a place uh, called Cozy Corner. Yeah. I, but, it sounds whoever, like all the good uh, things that happen, right? I haven't looked up the menu, but the guys on Discord looked it up and thought the food looked pretty good. And it's what looks like it's a half hour from downtown Sault Ste. Marie. So, yeah, it's not that far. Oh, yeah, it looks like it would have a nice view. Yeah. If nothing else, right? <laughs> right on the lake. Yeah. Looks like you can just drive right off 15 mile road right into the lake there. That's yeah. It's a very convenient landing with yeah. well, I guess there's probably, not a lot of turnaround room. Probably get probably get a lot of guys uh coming into cozy corners after they've been ice fishing after Lake St. uh St. Mary Lake freezes up. Mm-hmm. Probably a few over the years have taken a right instead of a left out of that driveway and driven right into the lake. <laughs> oh it's right at the end of the rock cut too isn't it yeah 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 well does the cozy corner sell alcohol because that would make a maybe it's a tavern it's a tavern, it's it's a tavern. tavern. It's Matt, what, who, it, have you ever heard of a tavern that didn't have alcohol i thought i thought i heard incorrectly because i was moving around i thought it was a bar okay. and grill. But, all right but well and yeah, well, it's barn grill still but same thing yeah yeah i'm really just i'm, I'm screwing the pooch here on this one <laughs> blame the cat <laughs> yeah she's being a menace she's next to the computer right now just causing havoc bob a gave it five stars on yelp in 2021 oh it's got to be good then right 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 i trust bob a i've, I've followed him for years any Ooh. man that can just go by bob in a public setting is just demands respect i have to agree actually this menu does look pretty good yeah i'm a sucker for nashville hot crispy chicken sandwiches yeah uh so jared did you get a uh a preseason ballot then yeah i did 
so so what were your you said it you you kind of expected it to be unpredictable but what did you think coming into the season I thought Michigan was going to be that team that kind of separates itself. I just think the talent they had preseason-wise was a little bit above everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Blake Pila being a, you know, the the guy that he is, I thought that he was going to kind of backstop them into a really good, uh, you know, just kind of that that new Minnesota State where they just take the reins and kind of run with it at least for a year. Um, there's not, it's obviously there's still time for them to do that. It's not, you know, we're it's November what sixth. So like, you know, this we got a lot of miles left to go. But um, you you sound like our guest last week when I asked I asked Garrett what um what what he would tell Michigan Tech fans after the rough start, and his answer was it's October. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> he's one hundred percent right. I it's, you know I think I think the thing with Michigan Tech that I, that I was a, the most surprised with, and I, I said this on the CCHA show last week, but when you get that goal with eight seconds left to send it to OT, I thought that was going to be the moment they break out. And yeah. I was a little surprised that it wasn't. Like, I thought they were going to come out the next night and just take it to them. And, and, they, and they, you know, the problem is, is they kind of did. They had a rough first okay. period with some penalties, but, like, the second and third period, I think they allowed 12 total shots or something. Oh, I forget. Okay. Well, so yeah. they just couldn't score enough. They just couldn't get that second goal to tie it, and they gave up the empty netter. So they, like, honestly, the second and third period were probably two of the best periods they played all year before the Augustana series, but they just couldn't finish. And that's always been something that a Mich- Michigan Tech teams have struggled with since I've been following them, where, where we've joked, like, that was probably the best thing about Friday night against Augustana was we finally got some quote unquote puck luck and some easy goals where like some weird bounces like one of Gordon's goals was a was a dump in or like a pass and he hit the stanchion weird and it bounced off and hit the back of the goalie and went in and it's like we don't we don't get that luck we haven't gotten that luck very much where it feels like most games Michigan Tech it feels like has to work twice as hard to get a goal as their opponent and and that's just a recipe for disaster when when you're playing on a razor thin edge and then Michigan Tech's problem from from our perspective like what we underestimated coming in is just how green the blue line is like the you know throwback to when Michigan State wanted to make the blue lines green yeah so <laughs> you know i i ultimately think joe in the long run made a good decision bringing in Lachlan Getz and Matt Campbell. But when you go into the portal and get two guys that have played a total of 15 NCAA games and you only have one real veteran on the blue line, you're asking for trouble early in the season until they figure that out. And I think they're getting there, but it's uh, with all they lost at the blue line and then you replace it with basically a redshirt freshman, a true freshman, or, you know, a bunch of freshmen and one guy with a few games of experience. And then a guy in Trevor Russell, who's coming off an injury and hasn't really looked like the player he was before he got injured last year. Like that. You're just asking for trouble in expecting those guys to play defense the way the team has played defense historically. And, and that's gotten them in some trouble so far this year, I think. To Yeah. To, to kind of add on to that just a little bit. I mean, it's you can go into a season with a ton of new faces in a singular spot, 
but you need the the veterans in that area or in the other areas to kind of pick up the slack. And when you go however many games it is without scoring more than two goals in a game, that's when you really start to see maybe some of the, that green, that greenish person, you know, tendencies of a, a brand new blue line essentially. And so yep. when you have, when you, when you struggle score, like you can, you can deal with the growing pains of a, of a defensive core if you're scoring four to five goals a night, but yep. when you're not getting that scoring, I think that's kind of what enhances it. But I think the other thing with, with Sean is that after, after that road trip in uh, what was it at St. Lawrence and, and Clarkson, he didn't shy away from the problems and he's not a guy that would ever, (laughs) he seems like like a guy, but you know, I I think, I think it's important that they recognized what was going wrong and and the things that, you know, it's just, there, there was stuff that wasn't working, but you just kind of have to keep working at it. And when you do things the right way and it, you're not getting those bounces. Well, at some point the bounces are going to come and you just have to have trust in that, and it, you know, from all accounts, it looked like those bounces started to come against Augustana. And, and Joe did talk a lot about that at the after the Clarkson loss. In that, like, he was he he's trying his best not to judge the team on the outcome because he thought the process was good. And I have a hard time disagreeing with it when I like I didn't get a chance to watch that game end to end because I was at uh, some softball, but like. What when I get the chance to look back at the box score and you see how much they dominated the shot chart, like that, that's when you can be like, okay, they played the system they wanted, they just didn't get the breaks in the end, they weren't able to finish, and some of that comes from the fact that you're putting a lot of expectation. I I think if Joe sat down at the beginning of the season and said, how many goals, like who's given me my goals, he would have put quite a few of those on freshmen. On yeah. the on the forwards, and you that's going to take time for those guys to catch up to D one speed and really find their place and their comfort level. Well, I and think Isaac Gordon's done that now. Yeah, we're seeing someone do that. Gordon's doing that. Cascaverde yeah. seems to be stepping up. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it maybe just a little bit of a lag to get things going. Maybe and on uh, the on the we flip have to be a little patient. Too, like, how many goals does he put on Kyle Kukinen? Yeah, like that's and he another... and. and and if he's having a season like Leighton Rhodes, maybe we're four, two, and one instead of two, four, and three. You know, like right, exactly. Yeah. That that's and and it's not to say that like this is a. I I wouldn't even say that it's for sure a sophomore slump season for him yet because again, it's November sixth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could go out and score two goals in Bemidji this weekend, and he's fine. I mean, but you just wonder how much a kid like that is just gripping the stick a little bit tighter every single shift waiting for that. You know, you look at the box score. I think he had eight shots on goal against Augustana in a, yeah. in a series where they scored how many, 10 goals, five, so. yeah. 11, 10 or 11 goals. If, if you would have told me that before the season, Kukinen would have had 10 or eight shots on goal in a series where they scored 10, how many times does he score? It would be zero. I mean, that that's crazy. I mean, that's a, that's an unbelievable thing, but you just need the first one. He just needs the first one to go and it'll be fine. But the, I got another question for you guys too. What's wrong with the penalty kill at Michigan Tech? Because the numbers are atrocious. Well, I think it's the same thing we said that you we lost so much blue line that you're um that that they're they're working through that. I think it was better against Augustana. Um 
especially considering they killed off two majors in the first period of the first game, right? They were both in the first period, I believe. Um, yeah, they were both in the first period. So I think it's just figuring out who's going to work with the forwards and, and that kind of stuff and um, and getting comfortable with that. And I think it's it's just been a learning process because as much as the team has returned players, like uh, the Pietala twins and and uh, I forget who else now, but like uh, like the fact that those guys are back is great. But Michigan Tech's counting on a lot of underclassmen this year, and and I think part of our like obviously I voted before um, before the Swinkler news dropped, but I do think a lot of the the expectations kind of put Swinkler in the lineup game one and that didn't happen you know he's not going to be here till GLI or maybe after we don't really know and I think that's pivoted some things obviously you know if we had him you're looking at a player that's likely a a goal a game and how much difference does that make through these first uh what is it nine games um but yeah I think the penalty kill has just struggled because they're still trying to figure out who you know they put a lot on Chase Pietala early on, they put a lot on Nick Williams. And then, like I said, you got Lachlan Getz and Matthew Campbell that are both like transfers as freshmen. Uh, uh, was it Campbell? I don't think played a game for Quinnipiac last year and Getz played, I think, 15 for BU, something like that. So it's just a lot of inexperience at the blue line and it's a lot to shake out and We've said it a ton on the podcast where I think until probably the trip to New York, it it never felt like it felt like a bunch of players playing versus a team following a system like it maybe and maybe it was just, you know, one guy getting their assignment wrong every shift, but it didn't feel like a team game much the first five, six games, I'd say Uh, like we had our moments, but. And and honestly, it's it's hard to wonder um, how much Patrick Mersenkevich and whatever went on with him plays a role in the team chemistry and everything because it um, I don't know he you know, we've heard things about how he wasn't great at doing like the summer program and then kind of expected playing time and and then any drama that he might have created before his departure like that might have taken like a week or more for that to kind of play itself out. And it does, it does seem like the, the team was more together uh, this weekend than, than it has been all year. We, we also pretty significantly misjudged the quality of our non-conference opponents. Well, that's true. Like we, like we thought when you go in, you didn't think landing here. Yeah. We kind of thought, we did not expect Wisconsin to be, um, you know, flip the sw- like we thought it'd be a slow build, not a not a no. flip a switch. And I don't think anybody expected already. Wisconsin yeah. to be yeah. in yeah. contention for number one in the country. I mean, <laughs> yeah, especially cold. since they've been doing most of this without Strammel, the number one pick for the Wild. Like he's we, been out since like game two, I think. We probably so, should go retroact- retroactive and just give Mike Hastings the last five years <laughs> coach of the year award. <laughs> that that you bring up Stramble, that was an because they played here in Bemidji for the for the icebreaker. Yep. 
that was one of the more I wonder how hurt he if he was hurt in that first game because he didn't play special teams and he was slotted on their third line. And outside of him throwing a two hand in the back of the legs of a BSU defender, I didn't <laughs> notice him at all the entire night, which I thought was really interesting for a kid who was, I mean, admittedly, I mean, they, they reached to take him where they did the wild, but uh, yeah, they oh, were, no, they were, they were the wild. I mean, they were, they were taking him based on what he'd done before he got to Wisconsin, right? Cause he's right. a sophomore. And he did yeah. not have a great freshman year under uh, the previous regime there. But yeah, like who knows how injured he was. I know I was pretty darn disappointed to like be in Houghton watching Michigan Tech play Wisconsin and have Wisconsin do what they did and then not at least be able to watch the Wilds top draft pick in action like, <laughs> and have something to take away from it. Um, right. So now, Wisconsin's they're they're good. I mean, I obviously when you pick up five wins over Minnesota, Michigan, and North Dakota, you're a good team. But holy but cow! I, but I mean, other than Wisconsin, Dustin, I'm not sure it's your statements all that true because I don't. It's not like Clarkson and St. Lawrence are beating up people like uh, Lake State good, swept them. Duluth is pretty good, and we played decent in that game. And then Alaska hasn't done that well, I don't think. So other than well, I, guess I think their only two wins are their one of their two or three wins is against us. So well, they beat Saint. They they split with Saint Cloud State. They split with us. They they've only been swept by Denver. They're they're not doing. I wouldn't say they're doing bad. Yeah, but Denver lost to Augustana. <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> no, Denver tied Augustana. <laughs> yeah, and lost yeah, those bombs. <laughs> yeah, they they just swept Anchorage this weekend, but okay. yeah, that, that's Anchorage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, Dustin, that that I think we well, I, we did expect with Michigan Tech to come out and play better. And 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 it's a struggle to like, I, I understand why they're having problems, but I still don't like Joe has had a team for how long and most of his players like most of that team is returning players that know his stuff. Right. So, like, why can Hastings go into a whole new environment, bring three players with him and have them playing that way and buy in? And Joe's struggling to get buy in from his own players that have been around. I mean, they I would say that says a lot more about Joe than it says about Mike Hastings. No, I I agree with you like that. But this has always been, for the most part, the way Joe has been, right? Like. He spends the first two months figuring out what he has, and then he's building to try and have a great team at the end. And that's why we didn't, we hadn't had home ice the what first four years that he was head coach. I forget now. I haven't looked at uh-huh. that list in a while, but like that's always kind of been how he's done it, where like the first half of the season is figuring things out instead of hitting the ground running. And, and, and that, that's, that is frustrating, especially. Like, I do think it's understandable that preseason expectations were probably too high, but I also don't. And, I mean, and, and I would say, you know, it's probably not that fair to compare Joe directly to Hastings from the standpoint of, I mean, Hastings is kind of showing everybody that he, he probably is the best coach in the country, if not, you know, one of the top, like, top two, yeah. three coaches in the country, like, yeah, bar none. Mm-hmm. And 
and we do understand that that uh, Michigan Tech has some limitations of the academic side of the university itself and and those kind of things that can play into it all. Um, so yeah, it's just a little tough to to try and understand why this team can't come come out a little better. But like I said earlier, the the blue line, I think was more of a question mark than we probably wanted to admit starting out. And it's a lot to ask. Like as awesome a player as Chase Piedla is, who who won defensive player of the week this week, like it's a lot to ask him to come in and be top four minutes uh as a freshman who I think what what did he even have? One year juniors? He's not that old, right? No, but that's what top USHL defensemen do. No, I know. Are you but, talking about Chase? Chase has been in the USHL Chase. for a while, at least two years. Yeah, I think I think he's been there at least. He was there at least two years. Because I remember seeing him play <laughs> in Muskegon in like 2021 or 2022, somewhere in there. So he is. He's a well, 04, 04 birthday. Yeah. But like you say that, Tim, they kind of go back to the discussion that we had the first weekend. If that was the problem, why was the lineup packed with new guys with three or four players on the you know in the press box that had plenty of experience from last year? Maybe not plenty of experience, but enough experience that they knew the system, they yeah. knew Joe and what he expected of them. And I think it's because I think I think it's because the the team that Joe rolled out for Duluth is the is the players he expects to be the best at the end. Okay. And they're not going to get there without playing. Right? right. And and he's I, I I think maybe because we lacked more Joe shows preseason of him maybe talking about this that that that's part of the expectations being too high, but at the same time like I think it's Joe knowing where he wants to be and how he's going to get there. Like, like Isaac Gordon needs to play to find himself and, and, and the, the two uh, Finnish guys need to play. And honestly, Kowski Purdy's probably been their best player for most of the season. Um, He's been great on faceoffs as a freshman. And I, you know, Dirk talked about how, um, I forget how many turnovers we had Friday night against Wisconsin and somehow Koski Purdy was responsible for none of them. Um, so, which is all good, right? I understand that, but yep. And then obviously the team hurt, was hurt by losing Jack works. Cause he is a spark plug and he is the motivator that gets this team. The difference the right of mindset. him being back in the lineup this weekend, I think is, is something that shouldn't be understated. He's, he just is feisty and gets yep. shit going. Yeah, he he's got that that spark plug mentality of just getting himself into everything, and and I think he's really the on ice leader that like gets this team in the right frame of mind. Um, and yeah, then it, I mean, and then of course, like I mean, to get into this weekend more, like obviously it was a roller coaster. You you gave up four goals in the first period. Um, you take two majors. I mean. I feel bad for Henry Bartle, probably the fastest player to ever get ejected yeah, poor, in, in his college guy. career. I think he was on the ice for <laughs> 12 seconds before he got ejected. That's terrible. <laughs> terrible. And of course, our Discord immediately turns to like, because this is one of uh, Jay-Z's least favorite referees, right? That was one of the refs. 
Yeah. Um, so immediately turns to the refs against us instead of maybe we should just not take stupid penalties, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. That'd be better. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't take stupid penalties. So that would be lovely. <laughs> Cleaning up the discipline on a young team would be would be nice to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's how many of our goals this year have been on set abysmal power play or punter kill. I mean, we're what seventy percent when last year we were ninety eight or something. Yeah. That's a huge reason why the the win total is what it's at this year. Mm-hmm. You got to stay out of the box and giving them up at stupid times is is not good. Yeah, and in the past we've been able to take, you know, have brain farts like that and get bailed out by Blake, and it doesn't seem like he's doing a lot of bailing so far. No, and but I also think he's been left out to dry a lot more too. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, but there's hard. been some shots this year. I think that he wants back. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been some clear. It's a, a lot of both where he hasn't been as sharp as he was last year. Um, but the team's also putting him in a lot more tougher spots. And, and I think it's really good that Joe um, point talked about it on the show that like, I need to get max in the game and said he was going to play max two of the next four. And he did. Uh, and I kind of hope that continues because it's, um, I think it's good for uh, Blake and Max to to both see time and and I think the other good thing too is is Max and Blake are different goalies, so it's good yep. to 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 uh, to present a different goaltender to the opposing team over the course of the weekend. Like I think it's good to make like if you figure out how to beat Blake on Friday, you don't get the chance to play him on Saturday, kind of thing. Like. Like you're you're making them learn how to be two different goalies, and I think that's also very helpful, especially when we've got two goalies that that can play well. Where is our power play penalty kill? Uh, power play or penalty kill? So we've seven. allowed nine power play goals, and we've scored seven. Yep, seventy percent, I think, in yep. mid thirties, right? Twenty point six. Well, at least the power yeah, play is better. Yeah, no, the it, power it plays. Is nice. There was some Especially good movement since, on the power what, what were we? 0 for 9? What was it to start the year? Not good. Um, well, <laughs> until I, for a, I, I if I, we were like 0 for 30 something at one point in the middle of the year last year for a stretch, I feel like. 0 for 9. Wasn't the power play in single digits at one year. point mid year last year? Yeah, it was It was ugly last year. Is this box score going to be here? It's not on my phone. Here, we got a power play goal on the third game. So we ended up being uh we ended up being 0 for 9 to start the year. Yep. Yeah, it was uh oh. We're back to the trouble of last year and it's picked up since then, so that's good. Yeah. And if we can just figure out the penalty kill, we'll be in good shape. Mm-hmm. Which what was or stop taking dumb penalties. Well, a little, yeah. a little bit of A, a little bit of B wouldn't be bad. <laughs> There's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> One minute remaining in the podcast. All right. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, good having you, Andrew. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Uh, patrons that are white level or above receive question priority. Our black level or above get extended podcast content, including extended versions of extra, uh, of every episode of the podcast. Uh, patrons at the gold lover above receive uh, early access of unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast. And we've got higher levels than that. If you want to give us more money, we, we, we truly appreciate it to help pay for things like Instat and keeping uh, our website running. 
Uh, follow us at Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you don't have a podcast uh, site of your choice, please listen on our website when we get liner notes up or go to Spotify because we get a little bit more money if you do it that way. Um, if you rate, uh, please leave us a rating uh, on primarily on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a rating, dust, uh, a five-star rating, and dust, you'll, Dustin will read the review no matter what it says. Uh, so let's get some ratings and see what you guys have to say. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental, uh, Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Arcadia Insurance with service throughout the Midwest, and Livonia Technical Services. Finally, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha